0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings! Greetings! How goeth it? I think it goeth
1: well. I have truly, at this present time, nothing to complain about.
0: Well, that's fantastic.
1: Not that I should be given to grumbling, but um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) has that ever stopped me? (laughs) Do not grumble as they did in the wilderness.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Pretty rough scenario, to be honest.
0: That would be pretty
1: rough. I have nothing resembling that at all.
0: Oh, well, thank goodness. I have a warm house with a working furnace and yeah. cupboards and fridge full of food. And...
1: Some would say my furnace works too well, actually.
0: Oh, keeping <laughs> you too warm, does it?
1: It's it's funny because when the heat kicks on, the heat is hot. It is mm. powerful. Uh, I'm, I'm like funneling the convection heat of Mount Doom from Mordor. <laughs> like it's... <laughs> It's intense. And then in the summer, when I have the AC on, it is so cold. It is as if I've been buried in the snow, the passive of Caritas. And Saruman has brought down the mountain.
0: It's Saruman! Ethan screams as the air conditioner just turns on. You know?
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild.
0: His it's guests effective. are like, sir, this is a Wendy's in his house. I mean, that means your climate control, when it works, it works, you know. It certainly does. That's great. I mean, I guess. I I presume. (laughs) I mean, better than the alternative, I suppose, (laughs) right? right. Yes, yes. (sighs) That's good. That's good. Any big plans for Christmas for you? Um, That's dating when we're recording this podcast, but I don't (laughs) care.
1: (laughs) Presently, no, no extravagant plans. I'm, I've already kind of started the process of of seeing different family members in different places, so uh, much of that will have been kind of wrapped up by then, and it'll be a very relaxing period after nice. Christmas uh, waiting for the new year.
0: Delightful. Yeah. Delightful. How about you? Yeah, it's doing the same old for Christmas time, which, I mean, it's fine by me. That's, I like the same old. I don't want that to sound like, oh, same old, same old. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> nice. But, yeah, we've already had one Family party on Morgan's side that we've done and we got another one coming up and mm-hmm. a few assorted and sundry Christmas gatherings and yeah. all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, getting ready and it's it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. So it will be especially nice to get closer to the end of Oh uh, actually, no, on this note I was about to I was about to slip into old secularly minded habits because just as a reminder, everybody <laughs> just as a reminder Advent. Goes up to Christmas Day. And then the celebration of Christmas on the church calendar goes 12 days. Hence the song, The 12 Days of Christmas.
1: So it begins at Christmas?
0: Yes. And then... it begins at Christmas and ends on Epiphany. It's okay. January 6th.
1: Whoa, okay. Yeah, so uh, we should the... be,
0: yeah. <sighs> so I am looking forward to celebrating Christmas with mm. a little bit of time off and a little bit of calmness, you know, because yeah. funny enough, that's when everybody kind of settles down, is after Christmas. Very, very But true. that's exactly when I'm like, well, I'm celebrating because Christmas is 12 days, buckaroo.
1: What is your, in that period, really as soon as the Christmas Day passes, how does the environment of Christmas decor and the music, how does, that, how does that sit with you as it reaches the end of the year and the beginning of the
0: next? Um, I love it. So
1: keep it up. Keep it all up. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm... I actually, between uh, all of us as friends here on the <laughs> podcast... <laughs> If if I had it my way, because that's what matters is my way, you know, as it always does. But Advent, you could still, you know, decorate and have your trees and holly and lights. But the tone would not be depressing, but it would be more expectant and somber, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't, I'm trying to find a good word for that. doesn't, I don't want it to be dour, but it's like, we're waiting. This is the waiting period. Mm -hmm. And so your songs are more, oh, come, oh, come Emmanuel, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to Christmas day and the 12 days of Christmas, it's joy to the world. And you keep the Christmas festivities with even more exuberance would be my, you know, instead of just ending most people, you know, all Christmas days here and then we're done. And it's like, oh, we're like, no, 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 no. Like, Actually, hold off until Christmas Day and then enjoy the celebration for twelve days.
1: Yeah, but, well, I can tell you one thing: the the Christmas lights in my kitchen are not coming down on the twenty fifth.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: Good. I, yeah, I love ambient lighting. I'm not about to give that up.
0: Oh man, me too. Ambient lighting is the best. Yeah. So, well, that's all delightful to hear. Yeah. So, yes, once again, you know, we've we've dated when we're recording this, and I think that's fine. But you know, as we're approaching twenty twenty four got all our resolutions and habits and hopes and aspirations lined up. And on that note, so much ink has been spilled on prayer, yeah. right? And though I'm sure there are some who would argue that not enough ink has been spilled on prayer, which is fair enough. But I think that most everyone who calls themselves a Christian knows that prayer is a vital and important piece of the faith. Mm-hmm. But even after all the sermons, books, and Bible studies, it's still hard to do. <laughs> yeah.
1: That is frustratingly accurate.
0: Yes, you know, we, we know so much about prayer from the Bible, and yet there's still so much we don't know. Mm. And uh, I was actually reading something recently that I feel like perfectly encapsulates this feeling. It said, Before confronting his elder brother Esau, Jacob, from the book of Genesis, mm. wrestles all night with a mysterious figure who refuses to reveal his name, but he blesses him before leaving him at dawn. From this account the spiritual tradition of the church has retained the symbol of prayer as a battle of faith and as the triumph of perseverance. Oh, okay. So I think that pretty well captures how most of us feel about prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like wrestling with the Lord. (laughs) Sometimes
1: sometimes it was like wrestling with my own mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very right because we're easily distracted. Mm. Our mind wanders. We're not sure what to pray. I mean... Heck, I'm just now reminded even Paul says that in Romans, like we do not know how to pray as we ought, right? And I wish I could say that as we prepare to enter the new year, we're going to solve all of your difficulties with prayer in this single podcast episode. Five helpful tips. That's right. Yes, that's it. Five tips that will make your prayer life a perfect success this year. Obviously, we cannot do that. But while we cannot do that, I did think it might be helpful to talk about an angle on prayer that I've personally found very encouraging and life-giving and helpful. And who knows, maybe God could use it to help your prayer life too as we enter the new year. Because I imagine that most of our listeners, not all, but most, if they were quote-unquote taught how to pray at any point in their lives, be it at the church or whatever have you, wherever you grew up, etc., were taught to just sort of talk. Right? You know, just talk to Jesus like you would anyone else, right. which on one level is what prayer is. That's fair. I mean, it's a conversation with God. So there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. I think our struggle is that prayer is not merely that. Mm. If it were just a conversation, I don't think we'd have quite so much difficulty with it.
1: It's funny that we, we phrase it and frame it like that, and yet we all seem to have this universal understanding that it's still difficult. Right,
0: <laughs> right. And I was actually just thinking earlier today, even if it was just a conversation, some of us have a hard time with conversation, right? Sure. Like, depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. So, all that to say, I also don't think Jesus' disciples would have felt compelled to ask him to teach them to pray
1: mm-hmm. if it
0: were as simple as some people want to make out. Yeah. And I think what we're mostly taught in the Western church is the merely spontaneous conversational form of prayer. And obviously, everything we've said just kind of says, well, I mean, is that all it is? Because... <laughs> That does create a lot of challenges.
1: Right. Yeah, I I definitely have recognized that as well. And like certainly there's like great value in in being able to access it in that way. But I think if you if you limit it to that to that form of prayer, like that is going to come with its own pitfalls as well sometimes.
0: Yes. Yes, it absolutely is. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but there may come points in your prayer life where oh, yeah, like, I don't feel like I have anything to say right now, Mm -hmm. or I don't know what to say. And if the only thing you know about prayer is it ought to be the spontaneous sort of conversation, yeah, you're going to have some major pitfalls there, to Mm -hmm. your point. And so what we often ignore, at least I think in a lot of our contexts, is the rich tradition of praying written prayers, Mm -hmm. right? Prayers that the church has been praying for centuries or sometimes millennia, and... I do want to touch on maybe why we've made so much of that move, and I think it's because Mm. somewhere along the way, and we don't have time to get into a deep history or philosophical discussion of this, but especially with the move of post-modernity, we've got this idea in our heads from the culture that prayer has to be, quote-unquote, authentic, whatever that means, and that it can't be authentic unless it's spontaneous and made up on the spot, Mm. right? Yeah. I can't remember who it was. But I hate it was. the made
1: up on the spot part too. Right, right, it's,
0: and and there is this. I, I'm trying to think if it was Charles Taylor or which philosopher it was, but somebody, and people, I guess, at length have written about how in the postmodern age, like authenticity has become the chief virtue hmm. of the culture in a lot of ways. You know, there are, obviously you could make a case for others, but the irony of that is that if you make authenticity a virtue you can't get authenticity. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. You end up, you know. (laughs) It is now some, it's like this almost like idolatrous impression that you're now chasing at the expense of true authenticity.
0: Yeah, right. It's like the person who stages a photo to look authentic (laughs) with the goal that it look authentic, right? And so on the flip of that then, okay, when we talk about, say, written prayers, written prayers, if prayed with faith, are still prayers. yeah. All right? They can give us words when we feel dry. They can mm. give structure to our times of seemingly aimless wandering, which is a major thing for me, right? Because sometimes it is it is exhausting to try and think up words mm. all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know? Yeah. So in my own life, let me let me get down to the nitty-gritty here. Mm. In my own life... I discovered written prayers through the Book of Common Prayer, which yeah. is a 500-year-old collection of prayers assembled by Thomas Cranmer for the Church of England back in the 1500s, yeah, okay? Yeah, that's wild. Discovered it at a time in my life when I was in one of these low spots where I think most of us feel this kind of semi-perpetually, but I was like, my prayer life stinks, <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like I'm as much as one does, like, I'm, I've got a good rhythm of Bible reading and meditation and... All these other spiritual disciplines feel good. It's just prayer always feels like the pain point. Hmm. And I was introduced to the Book of Common Prayer. And that was a great tool and tremendously helpful to me because it gave you the prayers to pray and a structure to pray them in. And there are days I still go to it. But that was a segue to say what I've been using on a daily basis with my morning Bible reading for two years now is a book of prayers called Be Thou My Vision. And what's great about this is that it's built on a 31-day cycle. So let's say you ordered it beginning of January. It arrives in your mailbox on the 5th, and you want to start using it right away. Mm-hmm. You can open right up to day 5 and continue on from there without having missed a beat. And it'll take you up to January 31. So you got day 31 there. And then when February 1 rolls around, you just flip back to day 1. Oh. And then, you know, 2024 is a leap year. So you'll go up to day 29. And then March 1 rolls around, flip back to day one, right? And okay. you get this cycle here. Or, you know, you can just start on day one whenever you get it and mm-hmm. cycle through all the prayers mm. and work your way through that way. I've
1: but, seen it too. It looks very, very cool.
0: Yeah, it's very um, aesthetically pleasing, which is. is nice. Yeah. But what I have found so helpful about it is that it has everything laid out for you neatly and in order.
1: Yeah.
0: It's teaching you a rhythm of prayer too. I think part of the struggle with Prayer for a lot of folks is, when we think of prayer, it's just petition. So we're thinking of prayer, it's kind of like, oh, Lord, you know, here's what we need. Could you give that to us or whatever have you, which is a a legitimate form of prayer. But there is so much more to prayer than that. So in this book, it kind of trains you to pray in a rhythm. So it starts with a call to worship, and then you have a prayer of adoration. You have a reading from the law, which then segues into a prayer of confession of sin a reception of assurance of pardon, a prayer of praise, and then you have intercession and thanksgiving. And then there's a slot for spontaneous prayer in there. Like, hey, now pray as you feel led to pray. So you get basically all the best, most, I think, if we can talk about it in these terms, helpful elements of prayer all laid out right there for you. And the structure is the same every day, but the prayers vary. Mm -hmm. So he's drawn from a collection of written prayers across church history. And so you get regularity, and freshness all in one. Yeah. And what I have found great about this regular structure is that over the course of time, your mind develops habits of praying in the way laid out in the book almost without thinking about it.
1: Yeah. It's funny you should mention that because I have also used the Book of Common Prayer. And um, mm, yeah. <laughs> your recommendation, actually, we talked about it. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to I'm gonna go get this. Yeah. And um, there are actually times where I've noticed like certain language that I've, I've picked up from reading it but the funny thing is, it's when I went back to look at those original prayers, I suddenly realized the words weren't exactly what I'd remembered. Meaning ultimately, like w- without quite realizing it, I folded those sentiments into my own thoughts and language. Yeah. And it, w- mm-hmm. it was like really neat to realize that. Like I, yes. I did not, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect it. I thought I was just quoting it as I remembered it, but it really was as I remembered it, like those elements saturated just enough to to form some of the ways that I enjoy kind of expressing certain things or requests Mm -hmm. or needs. Um, And that really was, that was a rewarding thing to be able to see.
0: Yes, yes. And that's, I think, the other enormous benefit of something like this is that you end up having a vocabulary and grammar of prayer. Yeah. You know, and even the way we learn language as children. So, you know, if you can think back to when you were a small child, That's how you learn to talk was by picking up and imitating the way your parents and family members and friends and teachers talked, right? And no one said, well, it's inauthentic to, you know, you didn't learn language authentically, you know, in some natural void or something like that, right? So I think that's an enormous benefit of this. And I do understand there are some who might perhaps still feel uncomfortable about this concept. I get that, right? You can get into that whole mindset of, isn't that just ritualistic? And, you know, prayer does need to come from the heart. And uh, you're right, it does. But trying to merely and only pray spontaneous prayers, I don't think guards you from that yeah. more necessarily than
1: it's not like, praying it's not a like written you prayer. Enter into a worship service and inform the lyrics to a song on the spot, right, freshly yes. every time.
0: Exactly, right. Like, uh, singing is a form of prayer. I mm-hmm. think it was Augustine who said, he who sings prays twice. Right, And you're not, no one is saying like, well, the lyrics were given to me along with the melody, so therefore it wasn't spontaneous <laughs> and now it's inauthentic, right? right exactly. Um, it, it serves a different purpose. Mm-hmm. So if, again, we're, we're feeling uncomfortable about this, I want to say I, I understand, you know, mm-hmm. especially, you know, having lived in the postmodern context we live in and all that, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But let's also remember exactly to your point, Ethan, that the Bible— has a whole book the biggest book in fact 150 chapters it's called the psalms and those are written prayers and songs that are written prayers and when jesus taught us to pray he gave us words to pray yeah right he gave us the lord's prayer
1: and we go back to them frequently yes
0: exactly so that's something we ought to bear in mind as we're thinking through this like oh okay like well and and even to this point if you're not quite the place yet where you want to pick up a prayer book, per se, then pick up the Bible's prayer book. You know, like, pray the Psalms, right? Make that the language of your prayer. But also, perhaps I can I can suggest an analogy about all this. I occasionally like to write my family and friends poetry for birthdays or special occasions. All right? And I'm not saying that because I have illusions that I'm a poet laureate or anything, okay? Uh, the point is, I want to put a lot of heart and effort into these poems because I want to communicate, or perhaps more accurately, you know, share some sense of deeper communion with these people that I love. Yeah. And I have not yet encountered anyone in my family or friend group who's felt less loved or felt that my sentiments were any less authentic because the poems were written and thought out of ahead of time <laughs> right like in fact that like oh i spent you know however much time thinking about this poem and then like reorganizing it and yeah, exactly. editing and doing all that and i think written prayers are similar
1: yeah no i, I really like that that comparison that that is not something that i considered before
0: yeah and uh Just to reemphasize as we close here something that we alluded to earlier, if anyone would want to dismiss this analogy, we might be able to go a step further and say that reading and memorizing poetry, for me, and then writing poems has, I think and I hope, uh, helped me to better spontaneously communicate with others in edifying ways. And I think praying written prayers to what you were saying earlier about how you've found ways to fold those old written prayers into your own. Yeah, I think that can help us pray better, spontaneous prayers in much the same way, I definitely if agree. that makes sense. It mm-hmm. just makes it easier for you to pray impromptu, so to speak, mm-hmm. because you have the grammar and the syntax and the vocabulary to do it. So anyway, all that is to say, that might be a prayer help for you in 2024. If you felt like, man, prayer is a pain point for you too, this might be something that proves a boon to your prayer life this mm-hmm. year, something you might begin. So... There you have it. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you as always for listening. If you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And if you did find this helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review and you want to think about how you write it, you know, you give it a little (laughs) time there. We won't think it any less uh, authentic or helpful if you do that. How true. How true. You know, there we go. So all that aside, thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time.